really doing this? CBA, hold on! You might need this. I think I can handle myself. That's why I'm giving it to you. In ten days... Follow me. A new journey... <laughs> ...begins. You're sure you're up for this? Hell no. Star Wars The Force Awakens, rated PG-13. Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly dose of geeky goodness. And that, of course, was uh, Force Awakens TV spot, well, from a few days back, because we're only about four days away from Episode 7. Hard to believe. Really hard to believe. Today is uh, Sunday. Uh, It is December uh, 13th. I almost said June 13th. It's very warm here in Michigan for December 13th, 2015. It's about 55 degrees, maybe going to be in the mid-60 Fahrenheit today. That's crazy. No snow. All of the snow we had a few weeks ago has melted. Uh, today will be podcast 566. Uh, the main topic, besides gushing and, and, and giggling like a schoolgirl over uh, The Force Awakens coming out in a few days, is I want to talk about uh, some of my thoughts, hopes, uh, ideas, uh, just general r- ruminations, that's a word, right, about the uh, Star Trek series that's coming up in about a year. I know a lot of people all focused on Star Wars these days, but hey, let's talk about a little Star Trek, uh, you know, slide that in there too, because it's going to be Star Wars pretty much after this podcast, so uh, at least for a little while. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to talk about the, the the new series. You know, we don't know anything. We know absolutely zero except for the, the cost model. Uh, but the uh, we don't know anything about the, uh, you know, any of it. So I figure now is the time to throw out like, hey, what would I like to see? What would be cool, I think? So uh, that'll be on today's show. Talk about other, you know, general topics in the, you know, geeky world and so forth. So without any further ado, let's uh, get into this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futurist of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's drink flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do 
Okay, I'm back. Uh, yeah, uh, for those that follow me on uh, Facebook at all or, or know me very well, uh, this past week uh, I was over um, down in Mexico. I guess it's down. People always say if you go south, you go down, and you go north, you go up, I guess. So from Michigan to uh, Mexico is down. But, you know, in the in the universe, it's not really – there's no real up or down, I guess. So I was down in Chihuahua, Mexico. I've gone down there a few times before for work. Uh, had another trip down there this past week. Had a little bit of a scare in a way on uh, when I arrived there. I, 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 when you get down into this particular airport, well, it was at night for one thing. It was about 8 or 8.30 at night, so it's dark. And you come in kind of in a, a smaller plane. Uh, I fly to Texas, Houston first, and then fly into Mexico. And this is really geeky talk, but I felt like sharing. So, hey, uh, just uh, listen along to Rico's story. So... You what you do is they land uh, the plane and then they they get you near the terminal, but you don't actually have one of those tube things and any of that stuff. You walk down some stairs and then you walk into the terminal, go through customs. Well, I stumbled over something. It was dark. There was a piece of metal. I kind of banged my leg a little, um, but uh, you know that was kind of annoying. But the the uh, that was sort of on the tarmac out there from the airplane to the terminal. But the weird, or the really bad part was I lost my wallet somehow in the process, and uh, they eventually found it out there for me. But I'm here in a foreign country. I had my passport at least; it was in a different pocket in my pants. But the wallet somehow had popped out, and I wasn't even sure where it happened. Did it happen on the plane? Did it happen in back in Houston somewhere? Uh, but I thought, oh, maybe when I stumbled out there, maybe it slipped out, and and sure enough, it did. They found it, so that was cool, and. Uh, I've told the uh, the story to my uh, you know family and people, other people, and there's a little more to it, but that's pretty much it. And uh, it was it was I was sweating a little bit there for a few minutes because all my credit cards, my driver's license, everything was in my wallet. And uh, so what I learned from that experience is I learned one thing that I thought of that was like, hey, you know, if you go somewhere, especially out of the country, tuck another credit card. If you have a couple of different credit cards. Tuck, tuck one in a different place, like down in a special pocket in your suitcase or bag or purse if you carry one or whatever you do. But have have, it in, have things in two places because that way at least you've got a credit card somewhere else in case you get your wallet lost or stolen or something happens. There was another story once when somebody else from my work uh, went down to Mexico and she even had it worse in a way. They went out to dinner right after the airport. Uh, they picked her up and... When they went out to dinner, uh, after they came out, somebody had broken into the car and taken all of her stuff, including her her suitcase full of clothes, her computer, and her passport, which was in her bag. Uh, that's another rule of thumb. If you're in a foreign country, you pretty much tape your passport to your body. Uh, if you're gonna not, you know, if you're gonna lose anything, don't. That's the last thing you want to lose. And uh, the other thing people always say is keep a copy somewhere else, like a, a photocopy of your passport. So in case you lose it, at least you've got the passport number and kind of some kind of ID. Uh, she got an emergency passport to get you know back out of Mexico to the U.S. So yeah, traveling uh, most of the time goes pretty smoothly for me. I have flight delays a lot of times, and, and weird things happen there. Even this trip down had a slight delay leaving uh, Detroit. But uh, you know, always be prepared for things. Uh, it's um, it's you know you can never be more or. Uh, you can never be too prepared, I guess, is the way to put it. So, uh, 
Okay, so enough about that. What else has been going on with me? You know, it's been so busy the last few weeks. I'm catching up on my television. I sat and watched a lot of TiVo yesterday. I watched TiVo. Uh, I have a way to... Uh, the modern TiVos and things, there's an app for your iPad that that's very cool. I may have mentioned it sometime, but when I travel, I, I can take shows and download them from my TiVo wirelessly, uh, Wi-Fi, you know, in my house here to my iPad. And so what I do is I load up my iPad with uh, some shows off my TiVo that I've recorded. So I watch a bunch of stuff on the plane. The other thing that that allows me to do is I can actually stream off my TiVo Timo. Ah. <laughs> off my TiVo, I can stream off of it if I have a good connection wherever I'm at. And the Wi-Fi in the hotel in, in Chihuahua was, was eh, it was spotty. I, I was able to watch like uh, the Rebel show for this past week, which was good. Uh, that That's a lot of fun, that show. <clears throat> but I tried to watch this week's Big Bang Theory on Thursday night when I was down there. And that was kind of hit or miss. I only was able to get through about half of it. It kept buffering and stuttering. So I said, ah, forget it. I'll just watch it when I get home, which that was a good episode with Amy and Sheldon and all that stuff. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's, I've been able to in the last week catch up a bit more. I've really been enjoying Supergirl, for example, uh, as one thing I wanted to mention. It's really getting good. I mean, I've liked it from the start, uh, but I think the characters are developing. I, and there's a good message in there too. There was a there was a part in this most recent episode where uh, Kara, uh, you know, Supergirl, had lost her powers. Now in the comics, uh, Superman, and, and in recent times, I don't think this has been a regular thing for years and decades of Superman or Supergirl. But there's a situation now that they've they use it as a plot device a little bit that if they sort of overextend themselves or really overuse their powers in, in, a, in a way, uh, you know, that, that kind of burns them out like a battery in a way. They, they, they really are emphasizing with Supergirl, Superman these days of that they're basically a big battery of solar energy in a way that they absorb, you know, from our yellow sun uh, energy that gives them their powers. But if they expend it all, like in a battle or something like that, they, they, were, they become powerless for a short period of time until they sort of recharge superman in the comics currently actually does it i think more steadily like in other words he, he he loses his powers but they come back gradually you know he gets a little stronger a little stronger in the supergirl episode not really spoiling i don't think too much but it doesn't quite work that way exactly the same but the point of it is is that there's a really good message in this most recent episode about you know being a hero doesn't necessarily mean you have to have superpowers uh, and I, I highly recommend it. I'm probably going to even try to capture a clip off the episode and put it up on, on Vimeo or something like that because I, I thought it was really good. There's a, uh, you know, kind of a disaster that happens in the city. People are looting, guys with guns and stuff like that. And it seemed kind of apropos for today's world, too, a little bit in the message they're trying to say. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm very much enjoying Supergirl. Um, I still watch Sleepy Hollow. Grim is good. Uh, of course, Flash and Arrow, really good. They just both did their, uh, a lot of these shows are, are kind of ending their run for the fall slash early winter and having sort of, you know, mid-season finales. Walking Dead did it. Uh, and, they, you know, that's another thing that you never used to be really that big of a thing, but they're, most of these shows have ended on semi-cliffhangers, like some big things have happened in Flash and Arrow uh, in the last uh, episodes 
Supergirl, I think that we've got one more this week, uh, tomorrow, and a couple other things. I think there's another Big Bang Theory. And I watched the Vampire Shows, Original Sleep, uh, and Vampire Diaries, although both of those shows are not really... I don't know. I don't like them as much as I used to. Uh, originals I've always been kind of mixed on. I, I kind of watch it just because it's a spinoff and a... It, you know, the, the actors are good, and it's an okay show, but Vampire Diaries I always was more uh, a fan of, but this year it's quite a bit different than previous seasons. So what else? Uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, yeah, that show's been crazy this uh, <laughs> this season. Lynn and I are watching that one together, and uh, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't like the way they ended the very end of this mid-season finale, and for people listening... I'm trying, I you know, I don't like spoilers, so I'm trying not to spoil any of these things. But if you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. There was a thing in, that happened in about the last five or ten minutes of Once Upon a Time's uh, mid-season finale that I, I don't know, it just kind of seemed to erase a lot of what they'd been leaving, leading, you know, what the whole season had been doing already. So that was kind of, eh, not a big fan of that exactly. Uh, that show I still enjoy a lot. I, li- I like the actors a lot. I-, I like the different mix of fantasy and fairy tales that they put into it. So uh, it's it's changed though a lot over the seasons. I- I'm not sure if it's still, uh, it still gets good as good a ratings as it used to. I know some people that have stopped watching it. Uh, I tend to stick with shows though. If I watch them past you know four or five six episodes, I'm, I'm in pretty much. Uh, oh, of course, Jessica Jones, uh, the Netflix series. I won't spoil it. You know, again, don't spoil anything. But I'm only still about midway through that. I, I didn't watch any this past week. I'm going to try to watch one tonight, I think. I don't usually watch more than about one a night uh, with that show. And even then, I only watch one a night, but maybe two or three times a week. So I think I've got like six episodes left. I've done six or seven so far. Uh, it's good. It's it's a super slow burn, though, kind of a slow-moving show in a way to me i mean i'm not i i never really complained about that kind of thing you know i love character building and plot building but i i really think that if this wasn't a cable show that if netflix you know hadn't done it and released all the episodes bang here you go i really think that people might have had a little problem with this show going week to week you know like six weeks of episodes uh, and and honestly not a huge amount has happened I mean, little things, it's cool, but I, I, I think they intentionally do these shows for Netflix a little differently than they would a network show. However, I will also say, though, that I thought Daredevil had a lot more things that had happened, a lot more uh, just stuff going on by by the, the middle of that run of, of Daredevil than Jessica Jones. Uh, I mean, they're very different shows. I've, I, I'm enjoying both of them, but... Uh, I don't know. We'll see if they pick things up. I mean, the uh, the bad guy in Jessica Jones is just truly awful. David Tennant playing uh, Kilgrave, and again, not a, really a spoiler. That's been pretty much all over trailers and announced. Uh, but he is he is awesome, and and you know it's 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 really interesting that uh, a guy who played Doctor Who, you know, basically a good guy, it can play such a bad guy, and and he just looks like he's having a blast doing it too. Um, so yeah, Jessica Jones, I'll I'll be trying to finish that off in the next week or two because uh, over the holidays I know some I'll be seeing uh, some people that have watched the whole thing and I want to be able to talk about it so and I haven't really been out the movies I was thinking about going to see the the Creed movie not really sci-fi of course oh I did see Hunger Games I think I mentioned that on my on one of the previous podcasts yeah it was okay it was pretty good 
Um, but that's about it. Yeah, I still got to do like Christmas shopping and... I did get the, Lynn put the tree up. I got the Christmas lights on the outside of the house up last weekend. Uh, so we're at least pretty well set for that. So um, I think that's about all I wanted to say right now for uh, geeky talk, movies, TV, and, and so forth and so on. I think I'm going to uh, play another little Star Wars clip of some kind here for The Force Awakens. All this stuff is over on YouTube. It's all been released, it's official, it's no spoilers, or or at least no spoilers beyond whatever's been out in the media officially out there. Oh, speaking of officially out there, I have to mention uh, Arnie and Marjorie. Uh, I don't know, I haven't read all the complete details of this story, but basically one of the people that work on Star Wars Action News with them, Justin, I think is his name. <laughs> Here's a story, yeah, I guess on a, at a Walmart somewhere, and this this happens all the time. It happened with Phantom Menace. It ha- it happens with every big movie, Star Wars especially. And I was worried about it actually with all these that that Force Friday day, although that was way in advance, so I figured they probably had that pretty in hand and under control. But basically, what I'm saying it's merchandising that sort of spoils things about the upcoming movie, like uh, you know a soundtrack listing, you know something that happens, a plot thing that happens in the movie you know, is, is then listed in, in the, you know, the, the title tracks for the, for the, for the soundtrack, <laughs> or in this case, and I haven't looked in depth cause I don't want to be spoiled. I guess there's an action figure floating around out there that Walmart had on the shelves that Justin from star Wars action news bought. And they took a picture of that, the figure. And it's a, it's one of the characters in the movie. And I'm not even going to say who I do know which, which action figure it was that, that basically, uh, something in the action figure, a photograph of it, either the description or what the action figure looks like or maybe how they're dressed, uh, gives away something about what happens to this character in the movie. So uh, basically then what happened is Disney got involved, and Disney took like a cease, uh, through a cease and desist at Star Wars Action News, told them they had to take the photo down. And also this Justin guy, I think I read too that, that he, he lost his because I think they put the photo up on their Facebook group, on the Star Wars Action News Facebook group, or maybe just Justin's own uh, personal page. I'm not sure which. But he, he Facebook then even went as far as uh, suspending the guy's uh, Facebook account for like three days or something like that. And I think that this is absurd for a few reasons. Uh, obviously, you know, these figures are made, they're out there, they're distributed. If Walmart put something out that wasn't supposed to go out until like after December 18th, well, that's their fault. Walmart's the one that Disney should be yelling at and, and complaining about. If you buy a product and take a photo of it, and, and you know, I bought or didn't buy, but I got a new company car recently. I took a picture of it and threw it on Facebook. You know, if, if, if it was some weird new uh, version of the car that they didn't want released yet, like I got the first model of it and Ford or something came after me, that would be uh, crazy. When you when you purchase something, there, there there's an, an, an agreement. You can do whatever you want with that. You can you can put a Jar Jar head on a Princess Leia figure. You, you, you can do, you can melt them. You know, my brother and I, when we were growing up, we used to like uh, take my sister's dolls and, and torture them. Literally, <laughs> we would stick firecrackers in them and blow them up. And I mean, we were uh, we were a little crazy. But uh, but anyway, the, Disney has nothing, you know, that they can really truthfully do. I think from what I heard, uh, Marjorie and Arnie and Justin all tried to cooperate with them and took the photo down and all this. 
but it's it's not right. I mean, Walmart screwed up. They stuck a figure out there. And like I said, this stuff happens all the time. You know, they got to talk to their distributor. These these figures should never leave the warehouse to go anywhere before, you know, because they really can't trust the stores. There's always going to be guys in these stores that are either going to intentionally get a figure out on the shelf or take it for themselves and put a picture up. Uh, or or they're going to accidentally have things released. The only way to keep it under control is to to have it under your control and not release it out there. So, yeah, I feel bad for them. Although, uh, uh, truthfully, it, it, it's a ridiculous story and it's it's kind of good press and getting you know getting Star Wars action news. Some, I, I think there were many many articles uh, online about it. Uh, probably will show up in some newspapers or whatever. But uh, Disney, you know, kind of shame on you. And 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 also the last thing I'll say on the Disney front is, and I've been warning everybody that i know and and people and and uh but oh my gosh disney the marketing machine you know i i think there's a there's a star wars related car commercial for every car maker out there you know it's it's ridiculous and makeup and water and food products and toilet paper and oh my gosh it's uh and i can understand people are getting a little overloaded by by it i I don't really mind honestly i don't watch a lot of television ads unless it's a commercial for the movie uh and i mean like an actual tv spot for the movie not not an ad for uh makeup or something that'll catch my eye but i i can clip through those commercials with my tivo so it doesn't really matter that much to me but any, it's it's just uh, it's a difficult time right now. We're all you know a few days away from the movie, and it, it everyone I think uh, it's funny. I make a very big point out of how I hate spoilers, but also now I'm noticing that very there are many 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 more people that feel the same way as I do. They just don't make as big a thing out of it, and uh, they're all kind of coming out of the woodwork. There's a funny uh, uh, little. Uh, comedy thing picture whatever that that went up of Liam Neeson playing Qui-Gon uh talking into his little Jedi com link that that said something you know it's related to his Taken movies and it's like uh I don't know who you are and I don't know where you are that's how it kind of goes but if you spoil the, the 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 Force Awakens before I get to see it I will find you and I will kill you <laughs> So it's uh, it's getting pretty intense. I, I'm about ready to just close off and not not go go online much in the next few days uh, before Thursday night when I see the movie. So, okay, enough Star Wars talk. Uh, but I had to say that and mention about the action figure story. I thought that was interesting. So I'm going to take a short break. Like I said, I'll play another Star Wars clip in here, and then I'll come back and talk about what I think I would love to see for the new Star Trek series. Star Wars. It's an incredible story of people finding their place in a world. These characters, their lives, though they're in a galaxy far, far away, it's a journey that people can relate to. I feel honored that I've been allowed to continue the journey. Camera, action! What happens to these characters that we know and love? It's a world I want to get back to immediately. Star Wars magic, it does take your breath away. And that is something that George Lucas started and we're definitely carrying that on. I've been a Star Wars fan as an adult and a child. I mean, this is crazy. Just look around. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Every single person who's come to the project has been a huge Star Wars fan. I'm literally shaking. Like This is insane. It's this cross-generational group of people who are bringing all of those sensibilities to the making of this movie. He signed his action figure. Right here. 
Part of my Star Wars journey is quite different now because now I feel part of the family. We're going back to these stories that people feel intensely about. All right, that was sort of a little behind the scenes thing, mostly uh, uh, Daisy uh, Ridley talking a little bit about the movie. Just uh, I love the uh, the younger cast, you know, how excited they are to be in this. It's just a, a crazy nice thing. And uh, John Boyega, who plays Finn, you know, he got uh, Harrison Ford to sign his action figure. <laughs> it's just great. Uh, a couple of things I want to announce or say before we talk about Trek, uh, the Next weekend, after The Force Awakens uh, comes out, I, I really want to do, like I've done with the Star Trek movies, I'm hoping that many of you will be seeing it in the first couple of days. I think you will, probably. So, hey, sh send me a short video clip, a couple minutes long, two, three minutes, of your just, you know, initial reaction impressions of the movie, what you guys think, uh, how much you love it, or whatever. Uh, get those to me the normal way. MP4 uh, format is best. Uh, and uh, or though I can convert other formats if necessary. Get those to treksf at gmail.com, or you can use the FTP site if you know about that, or just contact me and I'll figure out a way. I have Dropbox, so you can send me a link to your Dropbox and, and link a file that way. But uh, I'd love to get lots of uh, you know two, three-minute reactions from all of you guys to the movie, and I'll do next weekend. It, it, I'll try to get it out on Sunday next weekend, but maybe Monday if it runs if it takes me longer or whatever, but um, I have kind of a busy weekend next weekend. So, but I'll do my best, and it'll be out sometime uh, a couple of days at least, or so, two or three days after the movie premieres. Talking about uh, what we think of the Force Awakens. So next weekend, get those video clips to me uh, then, and then a week after that is going to be another video show that I'm going to talk about uh, the not so secret Santa, where I was hoping that. Many of you this year, we would donate to different charities, send me a video clip about what you donated to for the holidays, Toys for Tots or the Red Cross or Meals on Wheels, whatever, you know, thing goes on in your neck of the woods. Uh, and, and just, you know, a Merry Christmas kind of a wish. Send that into the show as well. And I'll do a video show there uh, on the 27th weekend. Okay. Um, I think that was all I needed to talk about. Yeah, so let's get into Trek. Let's talk about what, you know, hey, CBS, a new Star Trek series. Really? Finally? Ten years now or more? Actually, it'll be about 12 years when when uh, when this comes out in early 2017. So in about a year from now, because we're almost into 2016. So, you know, it was announced, uh, what, a month ago, a little bit more, uh, that CBS was going to do this new streaming only, uh, you know, through the CBS All Access thing, uh, a Star Trek series. Nothing much more was said. I think they announced, you know, who was going to work on it. Uh, and, you know, Kurtzman, I think, right? And uh, whatever. But it really very little has been announced except that, that model for the show. Now, I was asking on the uh, Facebook group, I said, hey, guys, send me in some audio some clips about what your thoughts are on, on the new series, and, and I didn't get any. <laughs> I know people are busy at this time of the year, so I'm going to blame it on a busy time of year. So that's cool, and I've read some people's comments, so I'll kind of maybe summarize a little bit to, or what I've seen and read to a degree, but I didn't want to talk too much about the pricing model, but there was one thing that popped into my head. 
that uh, this morning that I was thinking about that makes maybe makes it make more sense perhaps. But when you think back to what uh, they've done with Star Trek for the previous series, each time they've really tried to use Star Trek as a tool for, or most each each of the times of the new series, the other new series, they've tried to use it as a as a mechanism to promote a new. Um, a new show for them, or not a new show, a uh, a new type of network or whatever. You know, when you remember, if you remember back when TNG uh, started, believe it or not, syndicated, uh, new syndicated shows. You know, they would do reruns of old shows in syndication, but having a new type of weekly uh, new content show uh, in syndication was not really very common at all. Uh, it was pretty much unheard of. They had some local shows that people would see, you know, some local things, but nothing like on the order and the level of, of, of a Star Trek series. So Paramount did this deal, and it's, you know, the syndication deal where it was sold to different, you know, syndicated networks around the country, eventually around the world or whatever, to um, for Star Trek. And Star Trek, of course, had been off the air for approximately, you know, Eh, not quite 20 years, really, you know, 69 to, what, 87, right? So, um, and there were some movies in there, of course. But so they, they you know, they used this as a tool to, to promote syndication, to, to make money in that way. And then, of course, later on, they eventually used Star Trek to try to promote the Paramount, the UPN network. Remember the UPN network? <laughs> so, you know, that was another thing that they tried to do. And even way back, uh, going even further back in time, when Star Trek, before Star Trek The Motion Picture, some of you may be aware of this, some of you might not, Star Trek was going to come back as a TV series. It, we've talked about this before. But the, what you might not remember or know is that when that Star Trek, other Star Trek series was going to come on the air, you know, in the mid-70s or so, before Star Trek The Motion Picture, when they were preparing it, calling it Phase 2, that was going to actually be a fourth network. They were going to use Star Trek as a as a bridge or a, a stepping stone or a, a first shot at a new network. And remember, at the, and again, that era, there were really three main networks, period. Uh, not all these hundreds of networks we have these days. So there there is plenty of uh, precedent in history, whether you like it or not, I guess, of, of Star Trek being used by the company that owns it to make something new, a new way of... A new network, a new way of distributing, dis, distribution, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> need more drink, uh, a new way of, of, of having the show out there. So there's a lot for that. And so this idea of having this uh, pay-only kind of CBS all-access version of Star Trek is very, very logical, as Mr. Spock would say. It makes sense. It also, I think, makes sense when you think about how many people have cut their, uh, uh, you know, figuratively cut their cable cord or literally cut their cable cord where they're not subscribed to hundreds of channels already and where they do uh, watch things more or less a la carte you know they buy a season on itunes of something they use netflix maybe they use hulu so now they'll use cbs all access to watch star trek so it's what a lot of the people out there are kind of asking for somebody like me is actually the one that's probably more annoyed or should be more annoyed by it than anyone else because i have comcast with a bunch of channels on it already and i have netflix too but uh so i just wanted to give a little background on that not i want to talk about it a lot i wanted to talk more about what what the show i would like to see but that eh, then we'll leave it at that uh i'm gonna get a little drink here just to take a mini break we'll call it 
and I'll come back now and get into the heart of my thoughts on, on what I'd like to see for the new series. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time, but more importantly we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Alright, Star Trek. We'll call it Star Trek 2017 for lack of a better uh, better name for it right now. It's probably going to be a shorter run, shorter type of season, whether that's a factor on the kind of show they'll do, I don't know. You know, I, I would expect, I don't think they announced this yet, that it to be like maybe a more of a Doctor Who type of season, maybe a dozen or so episodes, or a Netflix season, 12 or so, 12, 13 episodes, especially for its first uh, go-round, and also especially since it's starting in, in mid, you know, well, mid-TV, normal TV, or fall to to early summer, starting in January, uh, makes it likely, I think it'll be a pretty short uh, group of episodes, 10, 12, something. All right, so... I've been thinking about this last week or two when I wanted to do this show, and when they announced it, I thought about it a little bit too. And and each time they've announced a new and had a new Star Trek series, the question is, you know, what kind of a setting? What 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 would they do? Now it's it has been said that it's not going to be connected to the current movie JJ verse version, you know, the alternate parallel universe of Trek. So. Does that mean it's going to go back to the the Prime universe and the TNG universe? Do they think that'll confuse people? Will they ignore all the Trek that's come before? Will they do it sort of Star Wars-like, you know, where they're doing uh, ignoring the expanded universe and starting over in a way? Uh, I don't think so. If it, if it was, and, and let me preface everything else that I'm going to be saying here. Uh, I'll, I'll call this like, uh, if it was up to me <laughs> and, and my hopes and, and thoughts about this, but you know what I would do? I, I would bring it back and connect it to the Prime Universe for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, it makes sense just because if you first off, I think if you set it an, enough into the future, it doesn't hit. You know, it doesn't restrict you on story at all. Really, it really doesn't. But the vastness of the aliens that we've met over the years, the different species uh, of of uh, you know alien life out there. I think it would be a shame to ignore all that. The Klingons, the Romulans, the Vulcans. I mean, what? What are they going to do? A dump all that? Now, they may just ignore every everything else. They may keep all that and just ignore all the characters and the history of Star Trek that's gone before. That's another way they could go. I, I also don't think that's a good idea. I, I don't think they will do that. I think that's a mistake. It doesn't allow them to do some fun things that could be cool to do. Because basically, I'll give you my idea, and I think this is the, what they should do. I think they should do almost like they did with TNG a bit. It's going to seem kind of maybe, um, uh, I'll call it normal or expected, uh, but that's not a bad thing sometimes. I would set it approximately another 100 or so years, maybe maybe more, maybe, uh, maybe a little bit more than that in the future from, like, say, Voyager era. 
you know, into the 25th century or whatever, approximately. Uh, because I think you can't go too far out, right? I don't think you can go so far out in time that it's become so futuristic and so unrecognizable that people can't relate to it, right? And, and how do you even do that, really? I mean, you go to the 30th century and people are like, you know, they're, they're, they're living inside computers or it's like the Matrix or who knows, whatever. I, I don't think you can really do that. I think that's, it, it becomes really hard to handle. And, it, and it's, um, it, it's just too weird, I think, and too, too out there for Trek. Uh, I would still, I would, I, I, again, going back to my, what I was saying and kind of doing like a TNG style thing. I think they should just do it like about 100 years or so in the future from Voyager, uh, have another ship-based show, another another Enterprise, or even name it something else if you want. doesn't matter to me on that too much, but have it ship-based, exploring, you know, the universe out there. Now, uh, when I say exploring the universe, here's what I think should happen by like 100 or a couple hundred years past Voyager time. I think the Milky Way galaxy, our galaxy, you know, keep in mind that Star Trek has always been limited to a a smaller section of the galaxy due to the speeds, the distances, and all that. Here's what I think. I think there should be a technology breakthrough, whether it's, you know, let's say man-made wormholes, stargates, uh, natural phenomenon that they are able to use and harness, whatever the reason. But I think we should have... Uh, been able to explore pretty much any place in the Milky Way galaxy we want to. That still leaves a lot of ground to cover. Even if you can jump across the galaxy through some kind of a wormhole, if you're, unless your ship goes amazingly faster than anything we've ever seen on Star Trek before, that still gives you plenty of ground to cover. But I think getting into these really out there unexplored areas of our galaxy would make really interesting stories because that way they'd be in areas that the federation has never seen before kind of like what they would have been able to do with voyager except they did they really didn't do it very much uh and and see some really alien worlds alien life and and you know go you know boldly go where no one's gone before and and i think that could be very very interesting and they could run into some new threats that are just so far advanced than them or 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 whatever but i i think some breakthrough maybe in in either the early part of the series or has happened just recently allows them to take uh, starships out way out way out into the into the galaxy. I think it could be really good. I think getting out outside the, even further than you know the Alpha, Beta, Delta quadrant, Gamma quadrant, all that, uh, getting beyond that space would be a good idea. So that's kind of my idea for the setting and the and the setup of the show. Again, ship based have some tool or some method to to have ships go great distances in a in a quick leap and then have to explore the general vicinity of whatever wormhole or thing maybe they discover like some lost civilization has sprinkled stargates around the universe or around the galaxy at least let's say the other thing i would like to see happen that they've done before and i think it 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 works very well for for a few reasons is like they did with the Klingons on on Star Trek from original series to TNG. I would like to see some old enemies now be allies. Specifically, I think the Dominion, the shapeshifters. I think that makes sense. I think there would be very interesting as 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 shipmates and crew for the ship, uh, for some of the crew, not all of them, of course. I wouldn't do a a sole, you know, I wouldn't do a show about a, a crew of one species that doesn't uh, work for me or make sense. But I think to have uh, allies and have 
them being part of Starfleet and being part of, uh, you know, our friends, you know, think about the possibilities. One, if they can shapeshift, that allows them to explore worlds and, and look like other aliens, um, possibly very easily, right? They, they could blend in, they could, they could, they could be very useful. So I, th- I think having a lot of Odos basically running around uh, changelings uh, would be a cool idea. And I think being their allies and their friends would be good. So that that's one little piece. I think, you know, any, any you know, some, some of the, you know, old enemies should become now friends. You know, possibly even integrate some more Borg, perhaps. Uh, you know, they did that with 709, and that was okay. But that's just, that's just off the top of my head a little bit. Speaking of getting into, you know, the specifics of the ship and the crew, we'll talk about the crew and the characters, I think, first. Obviously, these days, and there's a lot of talk, uh, always uh, diversity, right? You know, Star Trek's always been about that. So let's have a crew that's made up of men and women uh, of, of different species, races, whatever. Let's really mix it up and and mix it up, uh, you know, in, in maybe some unconventional ways, perhaps, uh, and, and just just really, you know, have some interesting things going on. I, I frankly think for this ship, I would love to see a captain that's not human. You know, I, I would love. I think I think that would be an interesting idea uh, to have a captain that isn't human uh, running a ship uh, of uh, of you know quite a few humans, and that there could be some conflict there, perhaps. Maybe a completely new alien species he could be or she could be. Or, or maybe it's a, it's not a he or she. Maybe it's an it. That could be interesting, perhaps. But I, I again, I think they really need to push this show and make make some things that are that are quite a bit different than we've seen before. I mean, some of it I'm talking about they've seen before. We've had other Star Trek ship based shows, a bunch of them, uh, and, and going another hundred or so years in the future makes sense. Oh, the other thing that I was thinking that would be fun for for setting it only you know maybe a hundred or hundred fifty years in the future is. That, of course, also allows you to have some characters pop up, right? Not that you'd use them very often, but... Uh, and, and one I was thinking about specifically was, was Data. And I know Brent Spiner is old right now, but they've played with that. And, and I know how he ended up in the last Star Trek movie. You know, he wasn't quite, the, you know, the same Data we always knew. Uh, spoiler. Uh, but... Um, but you know he could he could pop up on the show, or perhaps they make another. Uh, the other thing that I could see easily happening 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 uh, is other androids. You know, other mechanical uh, type. Uh, you know, crew people that would be very helpful on the ship. Uh, that that could be good. Perhaps they're slight. You know, they're some of them were part of the Borg, and their nanotech has allowed them to live longer, or whatever the reason. Uh, that could be good. And in along those lines, the other thing that I think that's going to happen more and more in the future, uh, and and we're already seeing this in medicine, in science these days, is people becoming uh, or having more things implanted in them. You know, whether it's to repair an injury, like a like a broken leg becomes a metal leg, or you have something in your implanted in your brain that allows you to access, you know, the, the computer on the ship from even when you're down on the planet, you know, like a neural interface, you know, you can kind of matrix like in a way you don't need to plug in, but, but you can access information. You can, you can test, you know, soil samples with your, with your mind right there on the planet. I mean, to, to walk around with a little box with blinky lights on it, 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 it seems a little bit 20th century, you know, when you think about it. 
I, I think having more embedded uh, tech in, in people by that point in time in 500 years from now or so, it makes sense to me. It, it, it's inevitable. I, I think that there's, uh, you know, I think there's easy ways to work that into stories and, we, you know, rather than, again, having people walk around with, with uh, tricorders out at every little rock that they see. <laughs> So uh, anyway, let's go back to the crew. So what did I do? I said, uh, you know, maybe perhaps an alien for the captain, I think would be interesting of the ship, uh, rather than, you know, your average human or, or whatever we've seen before. Again, man, woman, whatever, uh, would be interesting. Uh, or, or, you know, another thing they could even do, I was thinking about this. I, I, you know, we've always had this thing where, and they tried to do this a little bit with Kess, but I'd like to see it maybe more. You know, the lifespan of a human has always been sort of a, seems to f a fixed point for even alien species. I think it would be very cool if they could get a, a child actor who, their say their planet was like they matured at a faster rate, where they looked like they were like 10 years old or something like that, but they were super mature, super, um, you know, proficient in both like uh, intellectually and physically even perhaps. And, and, you know, you could have this 10-year-old or 11-year-old on the ship being like somebody of authority, standing up to, you know, like somebody who's like five foot standing up next to a six-foot guy and giving them orders or telling, telling them what to do. I, you know, there's a lot of very young actors these days that are, that are very mature. I'm thinking about like the guy who plays Bruce Wayne on, on Gotham. He, he has sort of uh, an air on that show of being very um, intelligent and, and the, the hard part about this would be they would still physically, of course, since they're just people, you know, actors, they would mature, right? But you could just explain that and say, well, their mental capabilities uh, are, are more advanced earlier, but their body continues to grow. Kind of like those dog commercials, right? <laughs> Your dog might look like he's growing on the outside. I guess it's a reverse thing that I'm talking about, but he's still growing on the inside for a year. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think it might be fun to have, have more younger really young uh, characters, people on, on the ship, on the show, uh, whether they perhaps maybe some kids of the crew or, or like I said, somebody even on the bridge that, that's in a position of power. I think that could be a fun thing. And it also could be a relatable thing for, for children, you know, for kids to show them, you know, in a, in a sort of a roundabout way of, you know, how learning is important and learning is good and look at what you can do with your life and yourself. Uh, I think it could be a role model situation. So uh, I think that might be fun for one of the one of the senior people on the show on the ship. And uh, so what else do I want to say? I was talking about uh, it. it uh, the, the bridge, of course, has to be made up of a lot of different people. I think I think the command structure should be pretty well established. I would like to see some variety there again, men, women, aliens, uh, lots of things. If you're reading, if you've read any of the Titan book series uh, with Riker in, in command of the USS Titan, uh, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, having some very exotic aliens, aliens that maybe need different gravity as part of the crew, uh, aliens that need maybe perhaps even a different atmosphere of some kind than, than humans, just some exotic stuff, some things that are you know, quite a bit different and beyond than what we've seen before. Because when you look back over the shows, they're pretty, and I know a week-to-week -week show or, or, or um, cable shows or whatever, 
they have to keep things pretty under control, but they're mostly humans. Even the aliens were only slightly alien. I mean, they throw some spots on somebody. They throw some pointed ears on somebody. They keep it pretty simple. But I, I want to see, like, uh, you know, at least one or two, you know, kind of exotic aliens that that are just very different than us. Maybe they think different. They talk different. Uh, maybe maybe they're constantly, you know, they're, the universal translator always has to work for them to be understood. And maybe there's an episode where it goes out and they, they can't be uh, understood anymore. Maybe they, there's no way for their vocal cords to make sounds like ours do, but they're still part of the crew as long as the translators are working. Uh, just, again, really push the, the envelope on. Uh, for the cast, for the crew of this ship out there exploring uh, exploring the galaxy rather than just the small quadrants that they've done before. Uh, okay, what else? Uh, I would like to see also throughout this series, I think this is maybe getting ahead of it, but I, I think it would be really interesting if they change things up, like from season to season. Like I, I think if, if they, you know, maybe some of the crew moved on to some other positions or other parts of the ship, or maybe moved out and on and they bring in some new ones. Or maybe they meet an alien species and somebody on that, you know, with that that group becomes part of the ship's, you know, complement perhaps. Kind of like they did with Neelix a little bit too. But just just keep it, uh, you know, uh, interesting and, and a, you know, a big variety of stuff. Uh, according to, or uh, according, uh, that was the wrong word to use. Uh, also... The ship itself should be, you know, obviously super high tech. The you know the super the more high tech the better. I, I would like to see a lot of holographic stuff. I I, th I think them being able to pull up different displays and panels based on whatever their need is at the time makes more sense than than fixed things. Uh, lots of uh, let's call it sort of shove some Minority Report into Star Trek. I, I think more of that kind of tech. I mean. We live in an age now where everybody's got a computer in their pocket. We've got computers that can access all kinds of information at a keyboard and a terminal. But I think we need to go beyond that. You know, there's a lot of talk of 3D uh, tech these days, holographic things, HoloLens by Microsoft. We need we need some of that as best we can to incorporate into this show to uh, to show that it is in the future because it's uh, it, it's got it's got to be. A, quite a bit different than what we use and deal with these days I, I think it's uh it's important a lot more voice activated things too a lot more voice commands voice recognition i think would be good um and the in the ship itself that the tech of the ship the technology you know it's 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 speed it's weapons all of that should be you know vastly more than we've seen in the past and may, maybe even the ship is 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 in a way somehow alive could be interesting like Maybe the main computer has somehow sent sentience in some way. Maybe they incorpor or incorporate some Borg tech or something like that, and and the ship can sort of repair itself and can handle a lot of things on its own uh, to make it more uh, flexible and better for the crew uh, rather than um, us having to push buttons all the time for everything. It should sort of know what we need and what we what's what's necessary. So. Just again, pushing the envelope as much as possible, I, I think uh, w would be would be fantastic. And and I'd also like to see these shows to you know have them a little bit more relationship focused too, on, on the interactions of the crew. They're out there in deep space. I would like them to not shy away from that. Being a cable type show, maybe they can do things like that uh, more uh, than than they've been able to do in the past. 
Okay, so we've got uh, we've got kind of a crew idea. You know, I think you need some of the usual main positions. You know, that we've seen in the past: engineers and scientists and and command crew and all that good stuff. Medical crew. I would like to see people be maybe proficient at at more than one thing too. Kind of in a way that they did with a little bit of that with Tom Paris. You know, he was the pilot. He he flew the ship. But he was also learning about medicine, too. I think people being more multifaceted, multi-talented makes more sense. There's a lot of people these days that are, that are you know, good at multiple fields that get additional degrees. And, and you got to believe in 500 years that's even going to be more possible and more uh, uh, of a thing, you know, rather than being only um, maybe, you know, an engineer. It makes sense to be cross-discipline. Uh, able and whatever I'm trying to say, uh, cross, you know, cross-trained, let's put it that way. Cause it, cause you know, for, for one little example, if something happens to somebody on the crew, somebody else can fill in and take over. They don't have to just be a helmsman or, or just be a science officer. Maybe they also know some engineering too, or whatever, you know, so, more of that going on. And I know it's sometimes it's hard because, you know, people like very fixed things, you know, oh, that's the guy who fixes the engines and that's the guy that fixes you if you get, you know, you stub your toe or whatever. But I, I, I would like to see more variety of that even and, and people that can, you know, maybe they could even learn skills. Maybe they got somebody on the crew who has so much tech embedded in their brain that, they can almost handle any position because they, they can learn a skill pretty quickly and easily. They may not be an expert at it, but they they can do in a pinch. Uh, something like that might be might be good. And more um, more of that. Uh, what else? I don't know. Was trying to say there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so let's get to uh, you know. I guess I've talked about the crew the, and the setting a bit that I was that I'd love to see. Let's talk about maybe the storylines, and like Star Trek has always done, I think the storyline should be should touch on on current things. You know, they you know, there's a lot of frankly crap going on in the world, and and I, and I think Star Trek is a prime place to to explore some of that. You know, and and there's there's obviously a lot of different ways they could do that terrorism and, and information. You know, that people have. And access to, uh, you know, and, and gun control and who knows what, you know, there's just so many different topics these days that they could work into, you know, different aliens that they run into, different planets, whatever, and uh, just just a huge amount of opportunities, really. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 hard, you know, I, 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 I it would be difficult to come up with uh, something completely new for everyone. Uh, I guess sorry, I got to interrupt there for a second. Yeah, so. I was saying that it's, uh, yeah, it can be a, a hard thing, you know, to, to come up with something brand new and original uh, like the, like all this. The other thing I was tossing around in my head would be the, the idea of time travel. And I, I just, I think they should stay away from it. I mean, I had this idea, there's this Legends of Tomorrow show that's coming on, you know, from, on the CW that's going to involve superheroes and time travel a lot. And I just think it's a dangerous thing, you know. They they've obviously Trek has done time travel, and you know maybe in the future time travel will be a regular thing that they'll be able to do. Uh, but it just seems like you're just messing with a lot of problems when you do that. You know why? You know you're gonna go back and fix everything, or you're not gonna fix things, or why do you even go back in time if you're not fixing things? I don't know. It's a hard one. 
there have been talk over the years of Star Trek coming back as, you know, like uh, the time tra- time cop, you know, kind of a thing like that would just be all every week would be about traveling to a different era uh, and fixing problems or something. But yeah, it's been time travel type things, time travel type shows before, you know, and, and movies, of course, and television. So I would avoid it, I think. Um, so, um yeah, I mean, and, and then back to the idea of individual stories and episodes and things, I think it would be very cool if they visited some, you know, some worlds that were very different than ours. You know, maybe a world that was a, like a gas giant with, with creatures living in the atmosphere. I know this is some of this stuff is hard to do on television and even in the budget they might have. Or a water planet uh, where everyone's living, you know, they're, they're intelligent like dolphins or who knows. Just and I and I know a lot of this they've gotten away with on for years on Star Trek by having you know quote unquote class M planets. They're meeting basically people who have bumpy foreheads but are pretty much like you and me, uh, it, and it, it's become pretty much the routine. And it's um, yeah, I, I I hope they can push that as far as they can they can go with the budget and and, and do you know even if it's just an episode or two that they slip in. Uh, to show that not all the planets out there, their intelligent life walks around on two legs and has two arms and, you know, with, with a, maybe, like I said, a weird forehead and that's about it. And uh, it, I, I would like to see people, who knows, maybe they walk around, uh, you know, uh, maybe they're, they're, they're mechanical partly, you know, maybe they're like the Borg or, or maybe, again, maybe they swim, maybe they live in the water like mermaids, maybe they have arms but foot fins for legs, who knows. Lots of crazy stuff they could try to do. So, um, but the basics of it, uh, uh, for me at least, uh, I think that that I think would make the most sense is again is to set the show just you know 100, 150 years maybe beyond Voyager. Uh, so it's not too far removed, but enough in the future that they can have some improved tech. I think it's very important to go beyond our little set of quadrants we've known before. I think some way whether the ships ships are just super fast now and they can travel those distances or a wormhole type of system of some kind. And then the, uh, you know, a, a shipboard show with a lot of different types of species, men, women, you know, unisex, whatever you want to call them, unisex. That's not the right word. Monosex? Nonsex? What's the right word? Asexual? Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they create new of their kind by dividing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and then, you know, more relationship type stuff, uh, a younger crew member or two or, or more. Um, yeah, and, and tech, you know, being much more integrated into their bodies, into the ship itself, being much more natural, kind of organic in a way, uh, and, and interfacing rather than always having, uh, you know, weapons and tools and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think the uh, there's a lot of potential, tons of potential, and I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to uh, be doing you know podcasts about the new Star Trek series. That that'll be cool, and I and I hope everybody will uh, will give it a shot, and whatever they come up with. And you know, I always say just always you know give things a chance, give it a shot. Uh, don't think too much about you know. I, I made this point on, online a couple weeks back or so. People talking about the the whole pricing thing, and I think they've even said it's going to be like six bucks or something a month. And I said, well, you know what you can do? You can just wait till the show is completely done, sign up for it for six bucks, and then watch the whole thing. Right? I mean, if they put out an episode a week, if they do it that way, um, then maybe after a month, couple not a month, but let's say if they do twelve episodes, that'd be three months, right? So after three months, all the episodes should be available. You just sign up for it then. You only have to pay for one month, and you can watch it all basically in a weekend if you want to. 
yeah, you won't be able to watch it as it airs, but people do that these days too, where shows are airing and, and there's a lot of people, younger people especially, I think, that don't watch the week to week way of television like it's always used to be. They wait till the seasons are over, watch them on Netflix or whatever. Uh, so I wouldn't get too hung up on that whole pricing thing. So, all right, I'm going to take a short break. That's probably plenty of Trek talk. Uh, give you some of my thoughts and ideas. I hope it was interesting. I, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm open for anything. Hopefully uh, it'll be a good show. I'm excited. Hey, we're getting new Trek. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'll take a short break. I'll come back and we'll wrap up today's show. Hi, this is Ashley Victoria Robinson. I play Ensign Williams on the Red Shirt Diaries web series, and you are listening to Rico on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Okay, uh, what, what I didn't talk about with television, I watched the season finale of Doctor Who last weekend. Wow, that was good. And then there's a Christmas special coming as well with River coming back. So and good to be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Peter Capaldi, man, that guy is... He can act. I'll tell you what. He's uh, he may not still be my. I still I still kind of miss Matt Smith at times, but uh, he he's a great actor. So, uh, what else? Uh, I already talked about what's coming up on the shows. Uh, I, I need your audio clips. Uh, hopefully, you guys will go see Force Awakens right away and send me some audio. Uh, not audio. Sorry, video. Yes, video, please, for this one, and also in two weeks for the the Christmas uh, not so secret Santa show about what you're donating to for the holidays uh, i've already made a couple of donations so i think i'm going to make another one still and then i'll talk about those when i do that show so everyone hey watch out for the christmas shoppers out there oh for uh, a christmas present for me if you guys want to sign up for patreon and help support the podcast that'd be fantastic you know a dollar a month or two dollars a month very very small small cost to help support um sort of the expansion thing that i'm doing for the video show uh, and uh, support the uh, hosting fees and, and other associated costs with the show, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi. And always make sure to check out Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O.com forward slash Trekkie for all the latest music videos and things from conventions and other stuff I put up on, on that video site. So that's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, happy uh, Force Awakens and, and, and happy early holidays. I'm going to play another Rick Moyer special Merry Trekmas song here at the end of today's show to get us in the mood for the holidays, uh, even though we have no snow now, <laughs> which is fine. I'm good with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. That stuff a few weeks ago was was a rude awakening. So uh, if we don't see any more snow till till next winter, I'm perfectly good with that. So until then, until next time, everyone take care. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the tree sports hallmark And not the ornaments from Walmart And the Enterprise it in the snow globe Yeah, I'm dreaming
Christmas with every RPG I write. May your days be merry with tech and may all your Christmases be track Oh I'm dreaming of a trek Christmas as I serve two treks in sci-fi your days be merry with tech and may all your Christmases be Thank you.